This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 7 to 9 a.m. Visit us on www.kpulpit.co.za. Namfundi swapio makengele lukmoke bandla illiberation in Christ. Kanke simbambe ke ayebu klaka klaka wena simfumele sekulate. Kota ke te maati toba snaim ngabed. Fundi sikulse skomkele Radio K Pulpit. Thanks for having me, and also greetings to your listeners as well. So we thank you very much for making time to speak to us. Sinogola namhlanjenge topic engingba complicated and I think you'll agree with me. Topic le and I think it's one of the most debated even Nangoku, but it's important to basis and I abandon it. Buzo buzo, chapter six. We are chunga verse four. You chuku verse six. Amazwa kila kumati avagali. Sika nyanige za impression yungati umtulo angapuluka ananosindi solo akikaite wawa akabisa pagama bekandu lahlekile unaphakathi hlambi ke ndiyifunda wrong kodwa ngumfundi siwasiceda ngokufuna is it possible for a person to lose their salvation and completely uh, be lost forever yeah, yeah that's uh, like you just uh, said mandatavat uh, this is one of the most complicated uh, topics ever um and and obviously throughout history we have uh, seen you know greatest theologians debating around this topic and uh, we have obviously a, a you know if views as 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 a so that's what I'll be doing again to take you through and your and your listeners as well uh, through this text which you present now six verse number four to six mm-hmm. Okay, so so uh, let me let me uh, let me just um, uh, start by saying, uh, well, we first have you know have to kind of look at the two views that we have on this topic, and obviously the first view it it tells us that no, a believer cannot lose their salvation and be lost forever. And then the second view teaches that, yes, a believer can lose their salvation and be lost forever to eternal, to, to eternal damnation. Now, 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 both these views, when I get that, use the Bible to support their arguments. Now, you know, throughout centuries, we have uh, seen how this topic has been debated you know, some saying, yes, a believer can lose their faith, and then others saying, no, they cannot lose their faith. And we know some of the scholars, one of the scholars that uh, had a great impact in the church that is known uh, as John Calvin, uh, who lived around the 1500s, and he wrote the uh, Institutes of Christian Religion. And they uh, we, we 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 saw what we call uh, the doctrines of grace, what we also know as uh, ITULIP. That's an acronym uh, that teaches around the doctrine of salvation, what we call esoteriology. And and obviously in the ITULIP, uh, organic doctrines of grace, John Calvin he discussed what we know as perseverance of saints or eternal security. 
And then from the other side, we had Jacobus Armenian, who also lived from the 1500s up to the 1600s. And, and obviously he came up with his teaching that was a contesting or, you know, against, uh, that was going against the teaching of John Calvin uh, on eternal security. And Jacobus Armenian, he was teaching that a believer can lose their uh, uh, salvation and go to eternal damnation. Now, now these two views, you know, they, they, they emphasize two things that we need to note. The other one emphasizes the sovereignty of God alone in the matters of salvation. That means to say that, you know, you know, when a human being is being saved, it's only God who is in control. The human being or the person has got nothing to do. And then the other one, it emphasizes the sovereignty of God plus human free will. So it's, it's teaching that in the process of salvation, mm-hmm. you know, an individual is also participating uh, along with God, you know, in their salvation. Sure. And, and, you know, we have denominations that follow both these teachings, like Reformed Baptist denominations. They follow what we call it Calvinism, Calvinism the teachings of uh, uh, Calvin, like I, I mentioned, the institutes of Christian religion. And then on the side of the, the Arminianism, we had, for example, the Methodists. They are, uh, we know that John Wesley was an, an Arminian uh, who lived in the 1800s. So, so obviously, from this background, when I now, we, we can now uh, go into the text uh, of Inaziga, Hebrews 6 from uh, verse 4 to 6, and, and look at what this text is uh, telling us. And obviously, we have kind of, uh, you, know, you, know, you know, looked at the two schools of thought that are, that are, that are being used when we interpret uh, this text. That is Calvinism and Arminianism. Now, let's, let's go through this text now quickly uh, so that I finish up and then we entertain questions. Now, from verse number four, it is impossible for those who have once been enlightened, uh, who have tasted the heavenly gift, who have shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the coming age, and uh, who have fallen away to be brought back to repentance, to their loss, they are crucifying the Son of God all over again and subjecting him to a public disgrace. Now, I want to first, before we, 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 go, we go deep into this text, I want us to look at the methods of interpretation that I'm going to use as I'm interpreting this text, this portion of Scripture. I'm going to use what we call a hermeneutical approach. I'm going to be historical historical grammatical criticism scripture interprets scripture literal historical context of the text using the most clear text to interpret the obscure text so when i use those four so now first let's look at the context of this whole book and the chapter itself so we notice that the whole chapter is oh, sorry the whole book is written to hebrews right and these Hebrews are clearly uh, people that believed, but now these people, uh, some of them believed uh, according to this, uh, the, this, uh, this old book of Hebrews, and these people were now 
going back to the uh, to the religion of Judaism. So the writer of this book is calling these people, is warning these people on the dangers of you know leaving uh, Christianity and going back to Judaism. And the old book discusses uh, the Old Testament and the true meaning of what we see in the Old Testament, particularly what we what we see in the book of Leviticus, and and. Obviously, now uh, chapter number six deals with what we what will happen if these people do drift away from faith. But what we also need to note is that the Bible is not saying that did happen. So we also need to know that uh, it doesn't tell us that these people actually did fall away from grace. But it is a warning that if they do that, then something like what we see there would happen. Mm-hmm. And and but 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 now let us uh, first entertain some of the signs that we see in this text. And from verse number four and verse number five, we notice that the signs of these people are as follows: these people were enlightened; they tasted the heavenly gift; they shared in the Holy Spirit; tasted the goodness of the Word of God; tasted the powers of the age to come. And I think uh, uh, if you look at that, it really sounds like uh, much like someone who believes in Jesus Christ. Yes. And the language, the language itself that is used suggests that these people that would fall away were actually true believers. Mm-hmm. But, 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 but the text is not saying that these people were justified people. Uh, let's, just, let's just now quickly look at that. So it says they were enlightened. They tasted in the heavenly gift. They shared in the Holy Spirit, tasted in the goodness of the Word of God, tasted the powers of the age to come. But as we see that, it sounds like someone who believes. But it doesn't tell us that these people were saved. These people were justified. But it tells us that they tasted in these gifts that we have uh, for these five blessings that we have uh, uh, read above. And now quickly, let us look at, you know, the verses that will perhaps give us a picture of someone who believes in Jesus Christ. Look at maybe verses like Romans chapter number three, verse number 22, to chapter two, sorry, to verse 24, where it tells us about someone who has been justified. It tells us that you know, this person was a sinner. They had fallen from the grace. Uh, sorry, they had fallen short of the glory of God. And now they had been justified by believing in Jesus Christ. So you hear the language in that uh, chapter, that is Romans 3, 22 to 24, that it talks clearly about someone who's being saved, someone who's justified, not only someone who shared in the blessings of the Holy Spirit. And also in Hebrews 10, we also hear there it talks about sanctification, uh, you know, that these people, you know, that the writer was writing to, they were sanctified, they were to be, they were sanctified by the blood of Jesus Christ. And Ephesians uh, chapter number 1, verse number 13 to 14, it also talks about a sign of someone who believes that they are indwelled by the Spirit and all that. And then Hebrews 14, it also talks about someone who is a partaker, you know, in the kingdom of God, that, you know, the assurance is seen by, you know, you know by keeping and standing firm in the faith. So if someone drifts away, it simply tells us that 
then that person was never a partaker because that text in Hebrews 3.14 tells us that if you are a partaker, then you definitely are going to stand firm and not lose your salvation. Now, also Corinthians, uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17 tells us again about the nature of the old man and then the nature of the new person. I'm not going to read all these verses, but these verses are clearly telling us about someone who has been saved. And now if you read these uh, you know, you know, texts that I've given, you'd notice that they are much more clearer than the one that we see in Hebrews 6, verse number 4 to 6. The one in, in, in Hebrews doesn't clearly say that these people that are going to fall from grace are actually believers. So for me, it seems to be telling us that these people were people that were in the corporate assembly of believers. It seems to be telling us that these people were there in the church of Hebrews, but they were never believing in Jesus Christ. They were not justified. We don't see that language of justification, language of sanctification, you know, you know, language of being bought, you know, uh, by the blood of Jesus. We don't see that language, but it simply says that they tasted in these blessings that, you know, we see when we go to the corporate assembly of the believers. And then again, I said I'm, go- I'm going to also look at other scriptures that are going to give a much more clearer meaning to this. I think I, really, I have like maybe two minutes uh, before I finish. Okay. Now, if, if, if you go to First John chapter number 2, 19 and 20, where it teaches that if people drift away from the faith, John says there that they were never believers. So you can see that this text now is much more clearer than this one. John is telling us that if someone uh, was in the church and we thought the person believed, but then uh, at some point in time they drift away from faith, he's telling us that those people were never believers in the first place. So this text now is bringing much more light into Hebrews 6, 4 to 6, that you cannot be a believer and lose your salvation. But if you drift away, it, it, it means to tell, uh, to, to tell us that you were never a believer, a believer in the first place. And also Philippians chapter number one, verse number six, where it says that, um, that simply means that God who has begun this great work of salvation in our lives is the one who's able to complete our salvation. So that means that we, 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 we cannot lose this salvation if God in us is able to begin and complete that salvation. And also Jude uh, 1, uh, 1.24, it tells us that God is able to keep us from stumbling and present us before the glory of God. So again, we can see that it is only God who's able to keep believers. Believers are not keeping themselves, but God is preserving and uh, keeping believers for the future glory. I think the last one that I need to go that is much more clearer is John chapter number 10, verse 28, where Jesus says that he gives believers eternal life. Nobody can snatch believers out of his hands. So that's much clearer. Much clearer. It's telling us that if you are a believer, if you, you have been baptized by the Spirit, indwelled by the Spirit of God, you cannot lose your salvation because you are in the hands of Christ and nobody can snatch you out of his hands. So for now, my stand is that those who believe in Jesus Christ, 
they cannot lose their salvation because of this evidence that I have given. My stand for now is that if you have been bought by the blood of Jesus, you are bought um, uh, 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 um, for the eternal security. God preserves you. God keeps you. God uh, keeps you in the hands of Christ. So that's my stand for now, um, Fundis. Wow. Yeah. Now that's a mouthful, Dad. Thank you so much for that. And I think it's... Uh you know, it's, it's quite clear. And the aim of this conversation really is to allow the listener to make up their mind uh, about what they believe. I think what you've done is, one, you've given us a contrast between these two strong belief systems. Uh, one, of course, being uh, Calvinistic, saying that, you know, we, do, we cannot lose our salvation because it was not for ours anyway. It was not our making. It was not our doing in the first place. And so, mm. you know, it is entirely dependent on God. And the other one saying, uh, that we are partakers in how we are saved. And therefore, in a way, mm. then it would, uh, you know, sort of incline me to believe that if I was part of my salvation, and so my actions of walking away from the faith would mean that I, I, would, I can easily lose it uh, like that. So I think what you've done is, 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 is made us, uh, you know, has put us in a clear position um, saying that we cannot lose uh, our salvation. And uh, I do have a, a question, though, because I, I believe one would, would want to really hang on to verse 4. Yeah. You know, is, is, it, is it really possible for, this, for someone who is not born again to achieve and really taste all of what is listed in verse 4? I mean, you know, for, for them to be enlightened, yet they're not born again. For them to taste of the heavenly gift, and for them to share in the Holy Spirit, for them to to taste the goodness of the Word of God and, and the powers that come with it, and really, uh, at the end of all of that, just walk away and we say that person was never saved to begin with. Okay, so again, Dada, what we need to what we need to first look, like I did, we first look at the language that is used, and then that language is going to drive us into understanding if what the writer, you know, what these people, uh, the writer is talking about, were really saved, or maybe the language that is used, is it the language of, you know, maybe the language that tells you that a person is saved. So when I look at these, hence I looked at, you know, a text like Romans 3, verses 22 to 24, where we are told about justification, you know, and other verses like, you know, Acts chapter 20, verse number 28, where we we hear that we have been bought by the blood of Jesus. So, like, when you hear about being enlightened, and when you go to the Greek, you know, you know, you know, Bible, you get uh, the meaning of that of that word enlightened, and it wouldn't mean that you you you. It means that you have been saved when it says you are enlightened. But it's it, to me, it simply means that when you went into the a, a, you know, corporate assembly of believers, then you were able to know the truth because the word of God was preached in your presence. Like it says there that you have tasted the goodness of the word of God. So when you went there, the goodness of the word of God was preached in you and therefore you tasted and then you were you were enlightened, you knew the truth, uh, even though you were not justified, you were not saved, but you knew the truth. You know, you, you also tasted in the heavenly gift. The heavenly gift is the fact that you are enjoying, you know, all these kind of gifts, prophecy and everything that is uttered in the presence of God in that corporate assembly. And when it talks about sharing in the Holy Spirit, again, that language doesn't suggest that this person say, is saved, but it simply tells us that 
this person is simple sharing in this Holy Spirit that is, you know, all the gifts uh, that are there in the corporate assembly of the uh, believers are being shared now with these people that are not even saved and, and all these other things. So all those blessings that we hear there are not telling us that the person is saved. Okay. Yabantu, Esikule, Bengoput, Betu, Ebekonza, Besirias, Besmiselenian, Bemis against a talented class modus white. If telling Nina Fano put ban, the Lunians are yo, yo, Galna, Fundu, Funo Fundu, Chaya, Panofundutina, Nifuzebani, and Sensibosim is regular right up a clan. And fast forward a couple of years later, Oput ban, Loengum Zagelo, Nanko, Sesequalin, Nanko say Latin and Cons, now Sensa, Amasequently Niake, and Sensei Latte Ongeland. And, and 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 what we've come to know is that's a school of evangelion in dogba if nyanum to lendo kayesu ya yim genen o kwenen it is not easy no matter how difficult you know the road gets no matter how tough the road gets mm. it is not difficult yeah. i mean it is not it is not easy to just denounce everything you've known about jesus and not only just go back into your old lifestyle but go back and worship other gods I think when I data, I think when I data, what we need to emphasize is that people need to understand the order of salvation. Mm-hmm. When we understand the order of salvation and we understand uh, what happens when a person is being saved by God, then we will understand that salvation has got nothing to do with our works. Yes, you would have people that you know like what we do when we at church, and therefore they would follow and go in there. And that doesn't give you a guarantee that they are indeed saved. But what gives a guarantee that someone is saved, uh, saved indeed is to see them, you know, like I, I quoted U- U Hebrews chapter number 3, verse 14, yeah. where it tells us that, you know, you know, when you're a partaker, you stand firm until the end. So that is the assurance now that you, indeed you are the partaker when you stand firm until the end. And what makes you stand firm until the end? comes back to that order of salvation that in the beginning it has been God who's doing it, not you. So if it's been God who's been doing it, he will keep you. You will not keep yourself. He will keep you. Yes, you will face uh, situations. You will face hardships, sufferings and everything. But God will keep you because sometimes God uses suffering, you know, to perfect your faith. Mm. Sure. Now this is, I mean, I, I can't ask for anything more of you. Um, then it is impossible for you to lose your salvation Yes, Tadaman. What I would love to just say is that when we're talking about eternal security or perseverance of saints, we're not giving Abazalwane a license to sin. 
We're not saying that even if they sin, God is going to keep them. Uh, we know that the Bible is telling us that a believer can never live in sin continually. A believer repents, a believer shuns away from sin. So eternal security, we will see that indeed you are a partaker also by running away from sin, living a holy life, like I quoted in Hebrews, that, you know, uh, living a, 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 a life of sanctification. That shows now that indeed you have the Spirit of God because you can never claim to have God and live a sinful life and claim to be secured uh, until the end. So I think those are just the words that I wanted to add and also uh, Thank you for the great work uh, that you put into these topics. I really, really appreciate this. And of course, from the show, the Sunday wrap, we appreciate um, the fact that our Itati Light topic and we are seven, the school of thoughts, as in Bini, as is dominant. So, at and Dogba says that Tina, Singapore Paul sends his table, so by Epe Vagalayo, Epe to practice the symbol of scripture, Siguel and Aguilacombe. So, thank you so much for that. And go start, Sabule. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 729 AM. Visit us on www.kpulpit.co.za.